special edition of What You've Been Watching. I am your host, the dead, marvelous Mike Dudley, followed as always by my mummy's best friend, MD3. MD3 tagging in on this one. That was uh, Count Duddles, the, uh, the uh, pimp from Transylvania. There was no vamp- nothing vampiric about that. Got a goldfish in the platform heel, son. Exactly, exactly. So what's going on out there in podcast land, everybody? Hope, uh, thank you for checking in with us. And uh, hope you're all doing well out there. Uh, thank you to our music, Kesta, always bright. Please, by all means, reach out to us at whatchabinwatchingpodcast at gmail.com for all you enunciating peoples out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, so what's been up, my dude? Talk to me. Oh, brother, we are in the midst of spooky season, so... Spooky season. Yeah, man. Uh, weather's changing. It's getting real nice. It's finally starting to be hoodie and, and jeans weather, which is uh, my favorite time of year, because that's pretty much my fashion sense since, I don't know, sixth grade? Yeah. I feel you on that one. I have <laughs> more hoodies than I have opportunities to wear them, and I keep getting more, because I keep getting dope stuff from cool people. So. <laughs> Like uh, MD, uh, Mr. Marvelous Mike D over here, Michael, uh, hooked me up with an awesome, awesome hoodie about Yoshi and Mario Kart, and I genuinely appreciate it. It was a very cool gift. Yeah. It says, um, I don't always win at Mario Kart, but when I do, it's because I pick Yoshi, and it has a little cartoon Yoshi in the cart. It's pretty rad. It's pretty rad. Oh, man, so here's the million-dollar question. Above everything else, what you been watching, my guy? This is the reason why everybody tunes in. Oh, man, been on a movie kick, trying to watch... Uh, uh, Scary movie every night for the entire month of October. Uh, How's it going? Have you missed any nights? Be I, of, of course, of course, I've missed some nights. Yeah, there's some nights where you're just, you know, you're too tired. It's too late. You're just like, you know what? I just don't feel like starting. Like, I want to watch something fun. I've been immersed in spooky goblins and fucking witches and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera for the past six nights in a row. Let me just watch Princess Bride for the umpteenth time. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> every night, bro. <laughs> That movie just shared an anniversary. Uh, Carrie Elway's, uh, I think it's how you pronounce his name, right? Sure. Sure. We, we butcher stuff here if you haven't noticed it. Um, no, he just posted something on Facebook about it was, uh, they started production on this, on that movie, 30 some odd years ago or whatever the hell it was. So, yeah, cool, man. Kind of shout out. So, anyways, spooky season. Yeah. Spooky season. Yeah. Uh, so, what what's on the spook list? What's on the, uh, let's see, started off the, the Naughty by Nightly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, start off with Bride of Frankenstein and some of the classics. You know, I think last last one we talked about, I uh, I had watched Dracula and the original Frankenstein. Uh, followed it up with Bride of Frankenstein, uh, which is way more of a comedy than I remember it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There's some out and out hysterical stuff in that movie. I mean, it's basically it's it's the entire plot line of Young Frankenstein. But you can absolutely see direct references that they bring f- from Bride of Frankenstein into Young Frankenstein. I mean, it's it's not necessarily a shot-for-shot remake, but the plot line is eerily similar. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's the... Young Frankenstein is the great Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, yeah, with Gene Wilder as Young yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. But doctors, look at these knockers. Right, Such a good right, movie. Right, right, right. Such a good movie. Uh, anyway, you say you got a bunch of them, so rattle a couple off, man. How well, we got to review these as well, so we can come into a top spoopy. Okay, uh, I mean Dracula, the original Bela Lugosi. It's what's the I, rating? Uh, I'm going to give it. 
I'm going to give it two and three quarters Van Helsings. Oh, see, that was an opportunity for you to bring the Count accent back and go, one, two, <laughs> two and a quarter Van Helsing. Ah, ah, ah. All right, take two. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, anyways. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it, it was it was fun. It's seeing what they're doing for as early as they're doing it. You know, you, you, you see... All, you see all the tropes and the ley lines of future movies to come being laid down. So it's just sort of in- interesting to see the origin of that. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein, what's the review? That's going to be... Uh, I'll give it four lightning bolts. Well, that's a fair amount of lightning bolts. That's, I mean... It's not Highlander levels. <laughs> Highlander levels. I challenge you at home if you fancy yourself a drinker. You take yourself a shot. Every time you see sparks in the movie Highlander, oh my god, you'll be hammered. It's like F words in Scarface. Just take a sip of beer, not only liquor, you'll be dead. But take a sip of beer every time Scarface cusses, or you see sparks in the Highlander, <laughs> you will die. You will die. So, uh, anything else you've been watching, man? It's been a uh, been a while. Yeah, uh, let's see. Been watching. Uh, saw the new Werewolf by Night. I have not. I have not. It is football season. Right, right, right. I'll right. get into what I've been watching because I'm going to talk shit on my, okay. my podium over here for a minute. But go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> fine night, though. I've heard really good things about it. It is. It's a fun little jaunt. Um, I. It, it's basically the story of a, a group of hunters coming together to hunt down this demon this or this thing, man thing, and... Uh, Whoever basically wins the hunt gets to now be the leader of the group and inherits a like fortune and yeah you know all this good stuff. But uh, it's got uh, Gael Garcia Bernal as uh, one of the main characters, uh, and yeah, it's it, it's kind of shot in that very nineteen thirties Universal monster thing, like very high you know contradiction between light and shadows, and um, it's all in black and white, and so there's the, a lot of the sets look like they were like very much hand-built, you know, by a, a group of Teamsters on a back lot somewhere. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a little CGI flair in there, but they, for the most part, they, they either blend it really well or they keep it really, really simple. So. Hell yeah. No, I've heard really good things about it, and I know it's only like an hour or so. Yeah. And the general review I get from most people is, excuse me, is yes, Marvel, please more of this. Yeah. More one-shots where it just drops you in and it's like... Again, I don't need a full movie for everything. Like I said, oh, we were talking about it uh, last episode. It's like She-Hulk just said, hey, look, the world's bigger. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so we don't need a full production. It's like, hey, man, let's get there. Let's get the biggest sandbox we can before everyone loses interest in this, please. Well, and also, I mean, not to spoil too much, but like throughout the entire throughout the entire uh, uh, show, like there's people that are dying and, and being killed off. And so like I'm glad that they didn't have to spend you know, 20 minutes giving everybody a backstory and trying to figure out where they came from. You know, like, they, they literally have a brief introduction of like, oh, we have, you know, Elsa Bloodstone with, you know, 147 kills. I, we have... Wait, Elsa Bloodstone's in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, well, yeah, I never yeah. thought I'd see the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elsa, Elsa Bloodstone. Bloodstone is... Yeah, and then they go to, you know, other guy and he's like, oh, with an impressive 58 kills in seven continents. You know, and so they're... Like, that's all the introduction that you need in terms of like, we're all vampire or we're all monster hunters and... This is everybody's, you know, credit, you know, credibilities right here. Right, right. Okay. No, I dug it. I want to. I really do want to watch it. I just, um, like I said, I haven't been around to it, man. Yeah. But uh, it's a it's a nice quick little jaunt. It shouldn't yeah. be too. I might much. watch that tonight actually and get back to you and talk about it. 
So on the flip side of that, going we got a review. We're reviewing everything today. I know. Okay. I don't. We didn't plan this, but we're, we're, now gonna, we're already I'm two gonna, in. I'll give that. I'll give that. I'm gonna give it five bloodstones. Five. Nice. A big shiny fistful. Fistful of bloodstones. Yeah. That's a pretty pretty good recommendation. Yeah. 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 Uh, Some people so, are like out of what. You figure Doesn't it out. You figure it out. <laughs> How <laughs> valuable is a bloodstone to exactly. you? How much is five of them more? Right. Anyways. Uh, so going from something that was done really well comic book wise, I also saw Morbius. Oh man, I've been wanting to not watch this movie. So <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the last couple episodes have divulged into like, ain't seen it. <laughs> for me. For me at least. Anyways. Yeah, uh, what a big butt fuck muddled mess of a movie that was, man. Really? Like, oh, man. It's just. The CGI in it is so bad and so over the top, and. They never fully explain what his power set is. Like, basically, it's just like, well, he can drink blood and be really strong, or he can drink this, like, fake synthetic blood that's kind of okay, but he's not going to be as strong. But then also he can fly, and they never explain why, and he can call on bats, which I didn't know was a thing that Morbius could do, but that's okay. And just, yeah, it's 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 so slick and, and overproduced, it loses all sense of substance. So it... it, it the, the character is just, is lost in... His, his motivation gets lost in him just being like doing cool shit, quote unquote. Just, you know, he said, like, quote unquote, the cool <laughs> shit. <laughs> Not a good sign. You know, like, but yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, Matt Smith comes in and he's the villain and just kind of jumps in. And he's like, oh, I'm the bad guy now. And you're like, well, I mean, we never, there was, that's your turn. Just like, well, movie needs a bad guy. We're like three quarters of the way through now and he hasn't showed up. So. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. See, I've heard, like, I mean, I'm not trying to steal anybody else's review, but from what I understand is, like, and we talked about it before, like, the the cardinal sin of a movie is to not be so bad that you're like, oh, man, like, that was enjoyable because it was just, you laugh at it. Right. Or to be so good where you're like, oh, man, like, I, I actually genuinely enjoyed it. It's just forgettable. Yeah. It's just like, that was a CGI muddled, like, eh. And Jared Leto's, in my opinion, is just not charming enough to carry a movie like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Venom is kind of like that, in my opinion, but at least you get Tom Hardy talking to himself and from himself. Well, at least, in, 80, 90, at, at least in Venom, there was a sense of you knew where you were in the story. Yeah. And, like, you you kind of knew what, what Venom and Eddie Brock's motivation kind of, yeah, was. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. like, this one, he's just, he goes and does stuff. You're like... Like, wait, why is he in jail now? What happened? Why is that? Why is he in jail now? And then, like, he just immediately breaks out and starts killing people. And then he's like, I'm a badass now. It's like, wait, that's not how that works. You can't... Like, the whole reason you were conflicted about drinking this fucking, like, synthetic blood were, was because the, the the moral conundrum of, like, I don't want to kill so that I can have power. I don't want to, you know, subjugate man so that I can have unlimited power. And then he just does it. And like, he, but I gotta beat the bad guy now. But also, Which is I Blade. Need, but also, I need to break out of prison now, so I'm gonna go do that. So all those guards that are just trying to make a buck, yeah, you're dead now. And he's like, bro, I make four. I got a cheese for dinner watching <laughs> you, Michael Morbius, in this cell. You know what dog food tastes like? Just like it smells. It's delicious. Delicious. Anyways, poor guards. 
Yeah, I've heard it's just like it, it's a, only a few turns away from being decent, but it never really gets there. Yeah, I mean, by by a few a few small turns, if you mean like plot characterization <laughs> and like motivation, then yeah, it's just a few clicks away. Yeah, like an entire overhaul of the movie. You know, you know, an immediate one eighty degree at the very beginning <laughs> sure. of the movie to you go in the opposite direction. I mean, other than that, it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, tease their own. Yeah. What's the review on it? Uh, I'm gonna give it one vulture cameo. Oh yeah, I've heard that was atrocious. Yeah, I heard it. Like, I mean, everybody loves Michael Keaton. I don't blame him, but I heard it just makes no sense. Yeah, he just like shows up in the Sony universe. Yeah, they're they're trying to explain away bringing in MCU characters into the Sony verse, like Venom and Morbius, and like they're they're obviously building towards a Sinister Six movie, but. If Sony doesn't have the rights to Spider-Man, then it's kind of nigh impossible to do a Sinister Six. Like, they do. They still that's, do. That's They're the just playing whole... nice with Disney still. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Just Yeah, apparently whatever happened in uh, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, the, yeah. the, the world's in, in, encouraging and, and, and uh, everybody forgetting Spider-Man's name and... and Playing with all of that apparently has opened up a rift across all the, all the multiverse. Yeah, so if you know Spider Man, yeah, whatever. Who cares? And then Sony's like, oh, we'll take that and run with it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. We'll beat this idea into the ground. <laughs> oh, man. What other characters can we shoehorn into this motherfucker? Yeah. They have $1 billion for. Oh, I'm sorry, that's right. I apologize. They've only had. Outside of Spider Man, Sony Pictures has only had $1 billion movie ever. This is why I know random stuff mm-hmm. all the time. It's a uh, James Bond Skyfall. Oh. Skyfall, yeah. Okay. It's the only other billion dollar movie they had. <laughs> Everything else has come close, but not quite. And then Spider Man came along, so they're like, we will ride these coattails in whatever <laughs> way we can. So yeah. Shoot your webs all over my face, neck, and chest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh man, so what else? Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Would you want to pip? Well, I'll come back to it. Remind me about a certain uh, comic book trailer that just came out. Okay. But while we're on the subject, that would be... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, let's see. Other than that... Uh, well, I got I got one that I've seen, but I it, I, I got kind of in-depth on it, so uh, uh, let, me, let me come back to that one. If only you had a platform where you could go on rants <laughs> yeah. about movies that nobody's thought about for decades, and you could so, just talk about it as freely for as long as you want, maybe. Well, Damn. But, but let me come back to that one. Let me. It's called Building Anticipation. You don't uh, want to give it all away for, you know, you don't give away the main event I see. when everybody's still getting popcorn. Damn, but still, if only such a platform existed. <laughs> I know. Anyway. <laughs> so, I did see the new Hellraiser, the new Hulu exclusive Hellraiser. I did, too. Yeah. Like, I'm about, I, I, I'm pretty far into it, but I was trying to finish it today, but I didn't get around to it, but. I, mean, I have a pretty good idea of it, though. I'm... So I, I was always a huge fan of the series. Well, more so the first and second one than the subsequent ones. It, it, it's sort of diminishing returns after the second one. I think all horror movies at that time kind of have the same thing. Like, you know, Friday the 13th and then 2, 3. Like, it just gets exponentially worse the longer the series goes. But it kind of brings its own joy to it as well. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think that the... Like, if you look at something like... Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. Like, essentially, it's just how many different ways can we kill teenagers but on a smaller and smaller and smaller budget. And I think Hellraiser went wrong in terms of it kept trying to expand the lore and go deeper into into more weird places. And, like, 
historical canon and stuff like that, that eventually people were just like, I just like the Cenobites. I just want to see them doing weird fucked up shit. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I don't really care about like where the box came from and what the lineage is of the, of the box maker and why this all ties into this pseudo religious, like, I don't care. Just, yeah. I just want to see people get melted. Can we, can we just do that? Yeah. Yeah. So what'd you think about it though, man? What's your thoughts on the old Hellraiser? Again, I, I really like the aesthetic. I, I really like the look uh, of the updated Cenobites. I, I really like... Um, it has this very... Very gothic feel to the to the movie. Uh, it I think it, it loses a, a little bit of that in the editing just because... I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I think the editing's a little bit too snappy for its own good. Um, there's There's some certain shots where... Like I understand it. Like the finale takes place in this in this house that's made to look like the puzzle, the, the famous puzzle box from Hellraiser. And so there's all these twisting corners and and blind alleys within the house. So I get that it's supposed to be confusing, but just from the way it's edited, you have no sense of direction. You have no sense of where you are physically within the within the space, and that's not really conducive to following for a story. It just, it makes it very difficult to understand like, well, if I'm here and I know the Cenobite is there, then that's how I make the connection of where the danger is, you know? Yeah, no, I could, I could see that too. I, I, that's pretty much where I'm at right now in the movie. And it's just kind of like, I don't know what's going on here. I will say this though. I've I've enjoyed it thus far. Um, I'm not going to try to judge too harshly. I will say I have seen like my friend John was a big Hellraiser guy mm-hmm. and his brothers were mostly and so I've seen them. They never were really my cup of tea. It was just kind of like all this gothic like big like talking on a pedestal about your pain, how it's pleasure, and I was just like I don't really give a shit. Man. Yeah, it never really like it's I don't very know. psychosexual gothic. Yeah, it really was, and that shit's just like eighties like fucking flock of seagulls bullshit. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe a bad analogy, but you get what I'm saying if you get what I'm saying. Right, 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 right. As, as Danny Brown says, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, man. I will say the editing in this movie, man, whoever lit it did a, in my personal opinion, yeah. a shitty job. Yeah. I couldn't see what the fuck was going on. It was so dark. Like, I don't mean like in tone or anything. Like It's visually, I, you I, can't I see shit. I cannot see shit. Yeah. Like, and then it was like they hugged somebody and then like they were so well lit. And then it was like the second there was action going on, anything in the background was lost, just yeah. muddied. Like, they, there was apparently a dude in the walls, who, spoiler alert, there was a dude in the walls, like, trying to give him this box, or, like, trying to use the box to have it to transform or whatever. I couldn't even see the dude. I didn't even know there was a guy there until I turned <laughs> the subtitles on, and there goes, the lady's like, there was a man in the walls, and then later you see his eyes well lit, and he's, like, peeking through, <laughs> like, what up? On some crackhead shit, but, like. On some crackhead yeah. shit. Yeah. I live in the walls now. I live in the walls now, baby. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, man, I can't really follow this movie, so. I mean, it was cool, but I'm not. I'm gonna finish it because I only got like thirty minutes to go. Right, right, right. But um, I wasn't like I said. It didn't really like rope me in as like, oh man, like I see why people love this franchise. And even then, like the first hour, nothing happens. Like, yeah, it's yeah. there's like chains rattling and stuff, and then it's like no one. You don't see any like horror kills. You're not like, oh my god, it's so graphic. Like, well, you get one in the very very opening minutes of the movie, but then it's yeah, but even it's then, another, they it's another really, like thirty minutes before you get a more than anything that. else yeah I mean uh, yeah it's you don't really see it my point is you don't really see anything and it's like I don't really get the appeal of it's like I'm not frightened because it's 
it's Michael Myers in the stop that he's this unstoppable predator, and no matter how fast you run, he is always like right. You could be camping ten years later, and it's like all of a sudden, oh, I've been walking this whole time. Like right. he's so you don't get that that feeling of being a prey. You're not a predator. Um, <laughs> it's not like overly like atmospheric, in my opinion. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's just kind of it's so it, it's try, just, it, it tries really hard to build the ambi the, the, like the ambiance of of scary tones and and mood lighting and that, but it just kind of falls. Yeah, flat it's in not that. really that atmospheric, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and it's just like so I don't. I don't get like the the Cenobites look cool or whatever, but like they kind of look a little glossy and like you don't really get a good look at them except for Pinhead, right? And right. It's kind of like all right. Like, well, and the the first one was was known for being so ahead of its time in terms of the gory special effects and and what it was actually willing to show, and then in this one it's it's just it's not so, even that, it's not that gory though. Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm not like a big gore guy personally. Like I don't really like like smut films like that. Like I couldn't sure. watch. Like, I watched Hostel once, yeah. and it was just like, all right, this is a smut movie. If that's your thing, cool, but, like, it's not for me. I get why it exists. It was yeah, kind of a callback to, like, these overly graphic... Yeah, it's, it's torture porn. Yeah, and so, you know. so I'm not saying it needs to be, like, that, but, like, it's not that either. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know what this thing's niche is, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, the kills aren't that good, and it's just people like, like, oh, I have chains on me, and then they come up and they do some weird shit. They put something on your tongue or something like that, or they pinhead you, and it's just right, like... Right. It's not that cool, so it's like, what? If, what's the appeal here? Is it just the gothic, like, operatic, like... A little bit, But it yeah. misses the mark on that, yeah, too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In my opinion. I'm, I'm not trying to shit on the movie, which I kind of just did. But, well... I mean, just my honest opinion, though. No, like, no, I, I... All the things you're saying, I agree with. And, yeah. and, I, and I am a fan of the franchise, so yeah. I think it's... It, it makes a really, really valiant attempt to sort of recapture that. It just kind of falls a little short, yeah. not not tragically, you know. It's it's not so bad that it's unwatchable, but you get glimpses of what they were trying to do and the scope that they were going for, and they it's just like, oh, you just you can't reach that. You just you can't. You, yeah. Your 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 reach is 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 exceeding your grasp. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. And I just remember, like in the first Hellraiser, like I, I, again, they watched them a lot. That was a big thing at the Shuck household was. Hellraiser films, and it was always every time I remembered it was Pinhead standing, and it was a backlit of him him being standing on some kind of altar or pedestal mm-hmm. or somewhere. He's the highest point in the room. It's backlit, and there's fog, and he's giving some grand speech about some shit. Yeah, it's yeah. like fucking everything that I was like, which I'm not wrong in recalling. No, no, that's no, a lot of the right. movie. But like, and it was just never like my thing. So I mean, it's it's cool. I'm gonna finish it, um, but I'm not like. Again, if it's your thing, cool. Like you know how yeah, I am. Like yeah, love yeah. your shit, but like to me, I'm not like so captivated. Like, oh man, I forgot what makes this series so great. And I guess the thing is, I'm I'm not mad at him for trying to reboot it at all. Like, good for you. I mean, there's a fan base out there, obviously. Right. And uh, but sometimes things are just a product of their time. Yes, I agree. Like the crow coming back nowadays would be like, it was so nineties mm. with Trent. I'm yeah, gonna right, see it's it. coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like you know what I mean? Like it was such a. It's got one of those handsome scars guard boys. I think it's yeah, one of them. Yeah, yeah. Which again, I'm gonna go see it. <laughs> but like when I think of the crow, I think of like early mid nineties. Yeah, know? oh like, yeah, that's just oh, what yeah. it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Spawn yeah. is another one. You're like, man, I'm interested to see the reboot with Jamie Foxx, but like, it's gonna be a tough sell, buddy. Like, yeah. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with Hellraiser being a product of its time. Sure. And back then, being like, oh, the makeup and this and that and the third, it was unique. I had never right. seen anything right. like it. Right, so. right, right. Um, 
Sorry, I kind of stole your thunder on that. No, you're good. No, no. I got more to say on it because I got my notes over here. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm going to say it like I did last week. Your hard-earned tax dollars. (laughs) This is proof of research right here. That's what that Uh, is. No, um, but I'll I'll just say a couple things. Um, The main protagonist, Riley, uh, I guess she's like an addict. You can kind of tell she's been struggling with her own demons or whatever like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And, hey, I see what you did. Yeah, I see what I did there. And she has a brother who's awesome. That's my note. It says, brother equals awesome. <laughs> His name is Matt. And uh, he's, they live all together with like a, they have a boyfriend that lives there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, then she, uh, Riley has a boyfriend named Trevor. And um, he's just kind of this dude that's kind of like gets high and has sex with her or whatever. Kind yeah, of just sort of keeps a him in the cycle. But yeah. he's, he's an all right dude by the end of it. But, um, is he? Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, so far in the fact that, like, he does kind of care about her in his own weird way. Okay. But Keep watching. Yeah, I'll keep watching, though. <laughs> I hope somebody gets sold out, because she's already starting to stab people with that damn box. <laughs> um, but, no, I do think there's a little bit of an analogy. I do think that there's a little bit of, like, a parable, is another word. As you check your, what you've been watching, bingo box, where Marcus <laughs> uses the words that he's pretty good at using in context. <laughs> not really sure if it's right though don't correct me um, <laughs> i think that is right though right yeah you okay, got it good yeah see i'm pretty good at this uh but no it's like an analogy for um as riley like i said earlier she's an addict or whatever you can tell kind of they talk about meetings and stuff whatever cool right. but um there, i think the kind of like i'm trying to think of the word to describe it um fuck it i'll just say it as somebody who struggled with this themselves, they did kind of nail some things, mm-hmm. and I think it's, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it analogy, I guess? Yeah. Into addiction itself, and the fact that every time that she... There's a parallel. A parallel, a, yeah. yes, thank you. That was what, yeah. A parallel that runs in, this, in the fact of every time she goes out and gets high or gets drunk with this dude, Trevor, bad shit happens, mm-hmm. and it happens to everyone else around her has to pay the consequence. Right. And they're all like... What the fuck, dude? And then she doubles down on her own bullshit. Right. Um, and I'll explain what I mean. She goes out and her they're looking for cash or whatever or something to do. They don't even like look like they need money. They yeah. just look for something to do. So they break into this old warehouse and steal the Hellraiser puzzle box, whatever. And um, when he, she comes back, she was dr- uh, Riley was drunk. And her brother like is like, hey, sleep it off. We'll talk about this in the morning. And she has an attitude, like a oh, real right. serious yeah. attitude. What the fuck? You're not my fucking dad. Yeah. You just want like, me out of here and you're an asshole. Yeah. And he's like, sleep it off. And she's like, and she, the brother ultimately says to her like, in the morning, pack your shit. We got to get you up out of here. Like, we're not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And she like reacts so over the top and she says, uh, just say it. Just say it like you mean it. Tell me to get the fuck out of your house. And the brother goes... Okay, is it like, is this what you want? Yeah, get the fuck out of my house. Like, yeah, get the right, fuck out. Right. Whatever. And, Just um, being pushed to the point of like, I don't know what the fuck else to do. I don't know how to communicate this to yeah. you. Like, yes, I'm mad at you, but there are, the issue that you are in your drunken, idiotic state are talking about right now is not the fucking issue. Yeah, exactly. And she, um, it's just funny because, like, I mean... Without getting into it too much, like that's something that I've done in my in my struggles with it yeah. as well. And um, they talk about it a lot. Like if you ever like meet people in addiction, they talk about like how your character defects become so glaring, so over the top that it magnifies those of everyone else around you. Mm-hmm. Like I act so out of pocket 
Now, the only reasonable response is like, it makes you out of pocket. Right, right. It's right. like, bro, you're punching holes in my walls, and then I punch you in the mouth, and I'm not a violent person, but you got to get the fuck about my right, house. Right, 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 right. You know right, what I mean? Right, so right, it's right. like, right, like right. what are we doing? And before right. you know it, you're crazy, too. And so I think this movie does do a good job. I think one of the writers actually may know somebody or kind of had an mm-hmm. idea, because it's definitely a theme that runs throughout. You think somebody in Hollywood... <laughs> has secret demons drug problem <laughs> never what never Marcus yeah no stop the presses <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no I think they do a good job of that though and they also at one point what's funny is like I know, and again I, this, I'm only speaking from my own experience I'm not trying to speak for everybody but like she doubles down on her bullshit a lot oh yeah she, like after he yells at her and goes get the fuck out of my house she, <laughs> She like, and he starts walking off. She slams the door and go, "I thought you'd never ask." As if that's a win for her. Right. 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 right, right, right. <laughs> that is not a win for you, sweetheart. And it reminded me of like, no, I've I'm spunt out, fucking homeless. Yeah. yeah. And she does like, it was just funny. Like, and then she grabs her shit, and then leaves. And then um, later, like, uh, I guess Matt, her brother's boyfriend, is outside, and he's like, "Just stay. Like, it's just." I'll smooth things over. Just stay here. You're going to make this worse if you leave. Like, right. just stay here. And then she's like, no. <laughs> Again. And like the whole, every time, like, and then ultimately what happens is that she, she goes out that night and she takes pills again. Mm-hmm. And her brother, once again, comes to her rescue. And she's like on this carousel, like in this playground or whatever. And she gets high and she opens up the box, but it was meant to stab her. And her brother comes and takes it out of her hands and stabs himself. And again, it's another parallel of like somebody else who was sober trying to look out for you is now in deeper shit because they cared about your right. dumb fucking right. drunk ass in the first place. So the whole the whole context is you think you solve one side of the puzzle box and then a random blade pops out and it's supposed to either stab you or stab somebody. But apparently whoever it stabs, like whatever blood gets on it. That their soul soul is then forfeit, and then the Cenobites come to collect it until you can figure out all like eight configurations or seven configurations or whatever the fuck it yeah, is. Or you have to pay another soul. You have to right. stab somebody right. else with it. Right. Ultimately, right. So, and most people, it's weird. I don't know how they assume that because some people don't get the chance to be like, no, 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 I'll gladly pay it, pay right. somebody else. But I think it's like I don't know. I don't know how that debt rolls forward. Yeah, like they, they're never really super clear on yeah. it. It's just sort of like general guidelines yeah um but yeah it's it's i just thought it was a good parallel of like that and like there's another scene later where like the the boyfriend of her brother who's now missing is like i told you not to leave like mm-hmm. this all started like if you just would have stayed in the house like like that night like i told you to like and she's like no i'm gonna go to this spooky mansion by myself <laughs> then. Like, she's so incapable of not like she just troubles triples quadruples down on her own bs and so it's a little bit annoying just because when people are that short-sighted, but again, they did a good job of at least setting up like, hey, this is a person well, but, who's really, but, really, really selfish. The, the yeah. problem is that ultimately, like, she doesn't learn anything. Like, her fucking brother gets killed and her boyfriend ends up being a douchebag and, and she walks away like, oh, that was fun. Walk away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hope I don't do drugs again tomorrow. Like yeah, she will. <laughs> like I, I don't know. Just, it, 
if you're if you're if they were shooting for a sense of nihilism and hopelessness, they wildly missed the mark. Just because now it's like, well, the character doesn't learn that there's nihilism and, and hopelessness. They're just they're still oblivious to it. You know, at least in the first one, there's a little bit of of that sense of, you know, Kirsty understands it like oh, there are forces out there that are so much more powerful than any of my little small world problems. Right. So, I don't know. It, they they kind of miss it. I don't know. But again, I don't, I don't hate the movie. I just don't think I'm, the, I'm really the guy for it, personally. The Hellraiser franchise. But hey, if that's your cup of tea, that's what it is. I know you're a much bigger fan, so I would like to hear your thoughts on it. So I know I kind of went off on a long tangent. No, no, I, I think I already. I, I, and I, I was never asked what I'd been watching. <laughs> Be better. <laughs> I have feelings and emotions and eyes too. I'm sorry. I'm a selfish lover. I know. It's all good. It's all good. I'm trying to get mine. I know, right? No, we're all good. I came. Get off me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Other thing before I forget in my notes, I hear lots of shots of boxes spinning slash whirring. They got like 80 shots of yeah. that box going. Click, click. Yeah, like a transformer. Okay, yeah. like, I'm like an hour and 20-some-odd minutes into it. It's like, well, god damn. You see where the budget went. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the money they were going to spend on lighting, they went right to the fucking box. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, though. Just to reiterate, it's like it's not overly gory. It's not overly atmospheric. It's not yeah. like yeah. something stalking you. It's like these things show up, they're going to get you. Like transport through portals or whatever fuck it is. But they I mean, want, they're, they're just like showing up and talking to you is what it seems like. <laughs> Like, you have so much more pain to deliver us. Please <laughs> deliver us more pain. Pay your dues and stab somebody with this box, please. It's really entertaining for us. Like, they seem bored as shit, personally. And they're like, save your oxygen for your screens. I don't know. That's exactly how Pinhead sounds, by the it way. It does. That's how all of it, in my mind, at least. Again, the one girl that they got, the, the Cenophiles. Cenophiles? <laughs> We're Cenophiles. No. <laughs> Cenobites. 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 That sounds like a movie snack. <laughs> Patent pending. If you're out there and you have a candy company, don't you dare take my shit. Cenobites. We have so much flavor to so deliver. Much flavor. <laughs> All right, this is a, on a separate advertisement. This week's sponsorship by Cenobites. Is it Cinnamon Bites? No. <laughs> no. They're spicy. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, long tangent there, but yeah, boxes work. <coughs> Go ahead. But no, uh, I just want to know your thoughts on it. Those no, I, I think I've already covered it. As far as as you were, you were right. It's it's they they were trying to recapture the magic of something that was a product of its time. You know, it, the the original one was was so good because it pushed the limitations of visual effects. It's and, Clive Barker too, right? Yeah, it's yeah, his yeah. imagination. And that, right, and I, I think it's I want to say it's Rick Baker doing probably the, he's done it doing the the uh, special effects. Um, yeah, it just it. Really pushing the limits in terms of not necessarily jump scares and, and psycho killers and stuff like that, but really trying to build an atmosphere and a mood of abject terror. Um, Maso menos in terms of how it made out with that, but um, the, 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 the new one just falls woefully short of that. Um, again, I, I like the, the aesthetic of it all. I, I, I really like the look of the Cenobites. I really like, <laughs> I can't, every time I hear it, that's ruined. I can never, <laughs> I never take these movies seriously now. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. You like the look of the Cenobites. That's right. They're tasty. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I like the, I like their look. I wish 
it, it, it had been lit better, and I think that the editor really did a disservice to the movie. Just it, the, the the scene in that uh, takes place in the carousel, like it's supposed to be this wide open park, and yet they keep cutting the movie to where I'm never really sure where people are standing in relation to the thing because sometimes. On, on, on a wide shot, they're very clearly standing in front of the building, and then they'll go on a close-up, and it's nothing but woods behind them. And I, it's it's very distracting to be like, yeah. oh, wait, are, maybe if they if the if they're like, I don't know, transient or or sort of ethereal and sort of floating and never in one place, I could get it. But if that's what they were going for, they didn't accomplish it. It just looks like bad editing. So even then, man, like I'm not a filmmaker. Well, like. It's like some 101 stuff. It's like, and I'm not saying you have to follow these tropes, but this just came to me in a dream just now. Right. It's like you're on the, the carousel, and you put the camera there, and you follow her as it spins. They, they do that, Eventually, right? you're going to see somebody, and you're like, oh, and then you circle back, and it's closer, and then it's back. They didn't do that. No, they just, no, no. They were just like, one time, <gasps> what was that? And it's like, man, you missed the mark on that, right, dude. Like, right, right, that's right. How was you, a, that was a perfect opportunity yeah. to... And again, it, it builds relation, you know, spatial relationship. It lets you know exactly how far away things are, and yeah. and it's a really good way to work in a, a slight jump scare in terms of like, oh, they're closer, oh, they're closer, oh my. These cinemas just like talking though. They yeah. just show up and they're like, Clarice or whatever. <laughs> Riley. And I was like, man, y'all just shut up and sneak up on somebody. Goddamn. Right. They just they love the sound of their own stupid ass echoey voices. Anyways. That's enough, Adam. But enough me. about our podcast. I know, right? <laughs> That's good. Uh, I will give it one hell raised. How about you, sir? One hell raised? I That's really give, pretty good. I mean, you only need one. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, I will give it one singular crispy Cenobite. One Cenobite. One fun size Cenobite. One fun size Cenobite. Cenobites. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I just love it. She doubles down on this shit. Get the fuck out. She's like, I thought you'd never ask. And I, first thing I said to my brain was like, Sweetheart, that is not a win. <laughs> Put the shovel down, my dear. <laughs> when you find yourself in the hole, yeah, stop, stop digging. digging. Yeah. Uh, um, well, yeah, let's take a break. Uh, this first segment was brought to you by our dear friend, Scott Copel. Scott Copel, the only one to actually use the What You Been Watching email. <laughs> and we are back from our sponsor, Scott Copel. Uh, Scott Copel. We had a conversation about mispronunciations, and here I am mispronouncing your last name. <laughs> so thank you very much. No, but seriously, please do. I'll replug it again. Please reach out to us at whatchabenwatchingpodcast at gmail.com. Where can they find us on Facebook, my brother? We can find us at Dudley Bros Podcast on Facebook, or just search for What You Been Watching Podcast. Look for the very colorful banner done by the great MKD Art. Oh, man. So yeah, sure. Hellraiser. What yeah. else? Uh, I mean, that's it for me, man. So, million dollar question, what you been watching? Ooh. Uh, I have been on a little bit of a kick myself. Not necessarily as much with the spooky movies. Um, I know I forgot one on my list here. Mm -hmm. But I'll try to run through them. Um, I watched a movie with Angie. We were late at night. I was assembling a dresser. And I was uh -huh. trying to just put something on in the background. And uh, a movie called Bad Words was on. It's okay. like a 90 minute, like in and out kind of thing. And it's directed by Jason Bateman. And dude, I forgot how fucking great Jason Bateman is in everything he does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, all, like he, he stars and directs in it. And, um, or he stars in it and directs it. And uh, it's about this, like, 40-year-old dude who re-enters a spelling bee contest and just dismantles these kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he just runs it. And he 
meets a friend in the most awkward of places. But if you've never seen it, it's got Katherine Hahn in it as yeah. well. So it's great. Wonderful Kathy Kathy Hahn. Yeah, yeah. Agatha Harkness herself. That's um, right. And yeah, the lady in Step Brothers, which is an incredible movie. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Derek's wife. But um, no, it's a really funny movie. Again, it's 90 minutes, and you just watch Jason Bateman just talk shit to these kids and just fuck them up. Talk shit to their parents and just insult them in the most creative ways I've ever seen. And he's such an asshole in this, but kind of like self-righteous and justified in a weird way. Okay. And he, he portrays a genius. like So he's just a really smart dude. I won't get into the reasons as to why why he goes on this quest of joining a spelling bee because okay. actually the reveal's actually kind of touching in a weird way. Okay. And okay. it kind of makes you hate Jason Bateman because you're like, how can you be this good when you're in Silver Spoons? Like, <laughs> you've been doing this for so long. Like, you forget like... He's talking about Silver Spoons, Silver Jason Bateman? Spoon. He was in there with Alfonso Ribeiro, son. know <laughs> about that. Carlton, Carlton himself. Yes, sir. But uh, he's been doing it for so long that you forget the like, you know, most... To quote the great uh, Vince Vaughn, it's like most most pitchers they got the fastball or just the slider. This dude, like you're exhausted hanging out with this dude. He's got so many different looks, like right. behind the camera, on camera. His comedic timing, in my opinion, is unlike anybody else's. Like he's so good with it, man, and yeah. it's so uniquely his. And he can flip it on a dime from being like really dramatic to just. He does have a really wide range, and it's natural too, though, man. It's almost his comedic timing is almost sort of like a proto uh, Ryan Reynolds, just just kind a, of. A, acidically sarcastic. You know what I mean? Like he he knows how to exactly cut you in the fewest words possible. Yeah, I would say that's pretty fair, actually. Yeah, yeah. but he um. And that's just one like one aspect of what he does in this movie. Like in other roles, he's way more subdued. Like in the movie Extract, like he plays a really subdued guy, and he's still really funny in it. Still have not seen Extract. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's Mike Judge movie. But uh, anyways, nice. but yeah, bad words. I recommend it. It's uh, not a uh, uh, Halloween thing, but man, if you haven't watched it, please do. It kind of it, it kind of sounds like you remember the old Johnny Knoxville movie, The Ringer, where Johnny Knoxville pretends to be special needs so he can get him the Special Olympics and then by the magic of love and understanding he's forever changed. Not quite. Okay. Not okay. quite. Okay. No, his his reveal for doing it is way more well, I couldn't say more so but it's pretty fucking selfish. But okay. okay. It's justifiable in a weird way. The way they justify it's kind of cool. So, okay. Cool. Um, so bad words. Yeah. Bad words. Check it out. I would give it um, one golden quill. How about Ooh. that? Ooh. The Golden Quill Spelling Bee. It's a reference for you. Uh, the other thing I watched, and this, I'll, I'll kind of jump around a little bit here uh, before I get into the uh, horror stuff. I watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? What a great Fucking flick. great movie, dude. The, talk about fast dialogue. Oh, yeah. Holy Very shit, snappy man. and very witty. Like those Cullen, those Cullen brothers are going somewhere. Let me tell you uh, something. They're, they're, they might be a pair to watch. <laughs> I expect good things from them. Well, up and comers. You know, the young... <laughs> Young up and coming heretofore unknown yeah. Cohen brothers. Yeah, no man, that movie is so good, and I know people that, that like rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> it's going somewhere. <laughs> uh, Dewey Cox references. Yeah. Anyways, um, but no, though I know people that absolutely love that movie, like one of their favorites of all time. And I gotta say, it's kind of like a Forrest Gump or something like that, where if somebody came to me and said. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou is my favorite movie of all time. 
I, I can easily, it doesn't take, it's not mine, but I could easily see why someone would say that. Oh, for it's, sure. It's a really good movie. It, it doesn't take a lot to make a really strong argument for that movie. Yeah, it's like, same thing with like Forrest Gump. It's like, ah, maybe not mine, but I could see somebody how they got there. Or like, same thing with um, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Sure. Where it's yeah, like, yeah. kind of hard to say, like, no, you're wrong. Or like, or Debbie Does Dallas. Or... Yeah, one of those types. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of different genres. You know, accessible to the masses, right, you know. Right. But no, that movie, man, it's it's a really good movie, and um, I hadn't seen it in a while, and um, John Turturro is just awesome. Talking about the toots? Underrated performance yeah. of the century. I, Johnny Turturro, man. Give him all the statues. And uh, Blake Nelson is the other guy that's in it, right? Uh, Tim, uh, Tim, Tim, Blake. Tim Blake Nelson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's awesome in everything, too, man. He's Buster incredible. Scruggs himself, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome in um, The Watchmen as well, as um, Mirror. Oh, the the, the, the HBO series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Awesome. Not, not the movie, the HBO yeah. series. Yeah, he's awesome in that too. But yeah, uh, John Turturro, man, he knocks it out of the park in that. The, we thought you was a toad. Do not, not seek the treasure. <laughs> yeah, dude. So um, no, and and quite frankly, that soundtrack for being incredible. as 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 not contemporary. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, anachronistic as it is. I, I don't know. It, I just shook my. You can't see this on screen. <laughs> he knows I don't know. What there that was means. there was too many syllables. I'm sorry. He knows I don't know what that. The means. soundtrack was good. I like the music. I would get. You have to break it down, and I would give it one stereo setting. <laughs> I'm gonna give it. Oh, uh, for Oh Brother Where Art There, I'm gonna give that no, uh, the soundtrack. Uh, it's whew. the soundtrack. I'm gonna give that uh, eight rings and a shiffer robe. There you go. <laughs> uh, I will give it one. No, I've been giving out a lot of ones recently. I'll give it an eight-piece band. An eight-piece band? Eight-piece band. Banjos and all? Banjos. Somebody's got the washboard. Somebody's got got the jug they're blowing into. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Eight-piece band. Eight-piece band. So, the country, the bear bear country jamboree. Pretty much. (laughs) Take take the robots that you see at Chuck E. Cheese. Double them. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. No, but uh, the movie, and you're right, though, the soundtrack does blend in so perfectly. We were talking one time about um, what song you couldn't replace in a movie or what soundtrack you couldn't replace. We were talking about it with, um, I think, Garden State got brought up, Pulp Fiction got brought up. Right, right. How we slept on that movie, like, you can't replace that soundtrack with something else. Oh, no, no. There's no modern take of, like, oh, it's a... Like, it fits exactly what it's supposed to be. Like, you, you couldn't take that movie and do, like, folksy renditions of classics. You couldn't do, like, Madonna's Like a Virgin to the tune of You Are My Sunshine. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Rock Candy Mountain done by, like, Altar of the Beast or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever you're, you're, you're... Yeah. But that movie, that soundtrack, 10 out of 10. Those Coen brothers keep an eye out for them. Um... Before I get into the more serious stuff, um, I did get into a little bit of Halloween stuff. Um, Ooh, I watched... It's spooky season again. Spooky season again. How many movies did you watch? <laughs> I did watch some Simpsons Tree Houses of Horror. Um, they, Great. They, yeah, I mean, they're all time, man. Um, I watched one. There's, there's a line, and I forget how deep reference... Just the Simpsons have been in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, was a young man named Jack Beasley, we were the same age. In middle school, we had, for whatever reason, they gave us every single class together. And like <laughs> we were like friends before that. We were in band together and stuff. Right. Like that year we just became like best buds. Right, right, right. So we were like one through six period was like Jack. The only time I didn't see with them, we never walked to class together because that'd be kind of weird. But like 
Other than that, every, every class together. Was he your boyfriend? Pretty much. <laughs> and then he lived right by school, so I'd go kick it with him until my parents got off work and decided they loved me and remember, me right, up. remember yeah, to remember pick I you exist. up. <laughs> so I go kick it at his house, and uh, he was a huge. Instant. We were latchkey kids. I don't know if that's yeah. clear yet. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, all jokes. Thank you for picking me up, Mother and Father. But um, yeah, he would uh, watch The Simpsons a lot, and so so I would watch The Simpsons a lot too. But I was already a fan. Sure. But there's one episode where um, Homer is singing a song while he's driving at night. He's like, can't get enough of that cookie crisp. And uh, he, he ends up... <laughs> so the crisp, cookie crisp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Marge is like, did you put the lights in? And he always goes, but I guess I forgot to put the fog lights in. <laughs> and I still sing that song to this day. And I went back and watched that episode and it made me smile. Because Jack Beasley is the only person that I would sing that song to. And always knew what I was getting at. <laughs> Well, I guess I forgot to put the fog lights in. <laughs> Always. Um, see, I watched that episode. Just some of the original classic, like Treehouse is a Horror. Some of them are so good. So there's there's a joke that we do in the kitchen, and it's from Treehouse of Horror, and it's how to cook, and then we dust off the book, humans, mm-hmm. and then we dust off the book, and it's how to cook four humans, humans. dust off the book, how to cook 40 humans. Etc. 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 And so we're always constantly being. Anytime there's there's a conflict of why the fuck are people ordering this and what is wrong with people and customers, so I just break out the cookbook and be like, "How to cook humans," <laughs> and then he'll break it off and flip a page and be like, "How to cook four humans." I'm like, "No, no, no, no." Dust it off, flip a page. How to cook forty humans? <laughs> Good. I'm glad that it has reached the depths of your uh, your social life and work life as well. But um, but yeah, no, I've I've always been a big Simpsons fan, so I've been going back and enjoying. Of some course, of course. I know they just dropped the newest one, and I haven't seen it, but I'm gonna spend some time watching that because can't stay away from it, man. Treehouse of Horror started in season two, been going strong since. I legitimately think that that should be part of your citizenship test. Is there? We're just gonna list Simpsons references. You say the next line. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, the other movie I watched, still in kind of the same cartoony vein, um, <clears throat> I've talked about it on this this podcast before, how much I love The Addams Family. Uh-huh. And uh, I went back and watched Addams Family Values. No, the oh, sequ- the, the sequel. The sequel yeah, 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 with, yeah. Uh, who, who was the, the late, uh, Joan Cusack. Yeah. As, uh, what was it, Debbie. As yeah, Debbie. what about, good, good memory. This is why yeah. we do a podcast together. Hang Apparently on. I need to drink more. I feel scared now. I know. Right? <laughs> Bottoms up, too, out there. And scratch that bingo card. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I watched Adam's Family Values, man. I fucking love those movies, mm-hmm. man. Barry Sonnenfield did not direct a lot of movies. He's the director of that. But I'll give you another one he directed, which is just, regardless of how you feel about Will Smith or whatever, Men in Black is a good movie. And it is also a really good comic book movie. I agreed. I, I it, it at least doesn't break the cardinal sin of not following its own rules. Like, whatever rules they set up in that movie, they adhere to them. There's there's never a point where, well, you told us not to cross the streams. Well, we're going to cross the streams. Right. I mean, there's... Take the sequels for whatever they are. Some people love them, some people hate them. I think two was a really bad cash grab. Yeah. But one, standalone one, it built a world that, like, there was cartoons that spun out of that. I can see why they chose that, but... yeah. Barry Sonnenfeld directed that as well, and he directed Adam's Family 1 and 2. And man, those movies still stand the fuck up, man. Both yeah. of the Adam's Family flicks, man. Values is one of, 
I think Matthew or somebody was telling me that they think the sequel is better. Somebody online was like, it's the best sequel of all time. Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> but it's a pretty damn good sequel. Um, you get to really dive into Wednesday and who she is because sure. the kids go kind of off to summer camp and everything. Well, because like that. Christina Ricci was far and away the star of the first movie. Like, they, they didn't plan it that way, but there was huge crowd reaction yeah. to. Like, who's this? We love Wednesday. Yeah, no, and she, rightfully so, she sure. owns that fucking role. Yeah. So much so that they're, I think they're bringing her back, right? Yeah, for the new Wednesday. Or is it Anna Taylor? She gets everything now. No, no, no. It's, uh, they're, they're doing a Wednesday origin story on, I want to say Hulu. I think so. And Christina Ricci has a pretty prominent cameo in that. So Good. Good. Yeah. Hey, yeah. she owns it, man, so that's her thing. But yeah, no, that movie's really, really good, man. When she smiles at the end, she's like, I want to laugh. I want to play. I want to sing. And she does the smile and it freaks everyone out. That's such a good It's scene. horrible. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Mommy, what's wrong with her? She's smiling. <laughs> yeah. We cannot break bread with these people. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. They burn Just, everything. They, they literally light, every, to, they light people on fire. They tie the girl to the post and are about to burn her alive. Oh, they, yeah. don't, they don't show her not do it. They don't show her <laughs> light a match. And then, like, they burn everything to the ground, man. I'll tell you, And I'll tell you, one of my favorite things that I love about that movie is... Raul Julia? Well, A, Raul Julia is amazing in that. I, I want to have the relationship that he has with Morticia oh, because just all she has to do is speak French and I'm like, I love you. I should We should make sweet, passionate love. And she's like, yeah, we should. We should, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But like, also, uh, Angelica Houston. Oh, she's I so you, right. I don't know if you ever rewatch that movie and pay attention to her lighting. She's always moving like... She never walks. She glides, okay? And wherever she shows up in a scene... She's always in silhouette except for her eyes. Yeah. Her eyes always have this band of light that go across it and makes it look mysterious and ethereal and uh, uh, spooky as fuck. But and it, attractive. And attractive, but it always follows her as she moves. So as she moves through the space, the rest of her body is in silhouette always except for the eyes. And that's just brilliant lighting work. That's somebody who really understands what the mystique of the character is. And it's fucking brilliant. I mean, yeah, we've mentioned that on the podcast when we talked about that of Sandler before. But Did we? Yeah, we have. We okay. talked about the first okay. movie. Okay. It, it's all, everything you just said, welcome to what we do. We repeat ourselves <laughs> in real life a lot. We'll probably, we already had this conversation. <laughs> off mic, we'll have this conversation again in a year. Um, but no, they, they really do a good job of that. And they, they continue that in the second movie as well. And, and then uh, Christopher Lloyd, I'll, has, I'll, he just turned, he had just had a birthday, like really recently, like a month ago, or not even like by this comes out, it'll be about a month ago. Okay. But like as of today, it was like a week ago. Well, shout out to Doc Brown. I give it a fucking uh, legend. 1.21 gigawatts. There you go. Boom. See what he did there? Yeah. Um, no, he's incredible too though, man. His fester is really good. Um, I do like the scene where Angelica Houston goes up to Joan Cusack. Um, her whole thing is like she's seducing Fester and she's gonna murder him for his money. Yeah, it's a it's a gold digger. Part. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, Black yeah. Widow thing, whatever, uh, uh, whatever. Not the Marvel movie, but yeah, like yeah. an actual Black Widow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she goes up to Joan Cusack or whatever, and she's like, "You have seduced him and cast Fester into a spell. I respect that. There is a sexual spell. I respect that." But he is our family. <laughs> it's, the way she delivers it was so funny. She goes on about how like, she's casting him into this spell and she's a witch that is a concubine of the heart or whatever like that. And she's like, and I respect that. But, <laughs> but Raul Julie is just the shit, man. Like, rest in peace, dude. 
yeah. He, oh, yeah. He knocks it out of the park as Gomez. Like, that whole movie is so perfectly cast. It really is. Like... Oh, and, and the, it's the, one of those the, things. The look of the movie totally fits. Like it, 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 it looks like it was absolutely just directly ripped out of the TV show, and they were like, "No, whatever you see on screen, the staircase, the house, that's what we're gonna do." Yeah, I wish they do it in the first movie a little bit. I wish they would have spent a little more time with the house being alive. Like the, you open up the door and it's always yelling. They do it a little bit in the first one. Sure. A lot, the bearskin rug that's always like. Right. Yeah. They don't do it as much in the second one, but the house, you know, I know it's kind of played out, but it really is a character in itself sure. in the show. Yeah. They miss it a little bit in this one, but that's fine. That's fine. They had a lot of ground to cover. But um, no, man, that movie, like you said, man, it's so well directed. It's perfectly acted. The way that like silly shit will happen and it's like a cartoon and like the only explanation is you need is like, well, they're, they're the atoms. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's what it is. Even when the baby is born, like all the silly shit happens. And they go, it's a boy, is it a girl? And uh, Gomez comes out, it's an Adams! And the, the credits roll. Exactly, like, exactly. Like, you, you learn within the first minute and a half of the movie exactly kind of what the rules are. Like, oh, these guys are just, they're weird gothic cartoons. They're, yeah. they're, they're dark reflections of the Flintstones, you know? Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's good. I actually laughed out loud. I hadn't seen the second one in a while, but I actually yeah. laughed out loud at it. He's talking about having birth. He's like, are you in pain? She's like, oh, terrible. <laughs> she's birthing, when she's birthing the baby, we're, are you in pain terribly? Right. And he's like holding her hand. <laughs> yeah, those two are so in love, though, man. But yeah, uh, Adam's Family Values. And then I'll get into a little bit of a darker one, and then I'll get into one. Um, I watched Confessions of a Killer. Uh, I did not watch the actual Jeffrey Dahmer TV show with uh, Evan Peters or Peter Evans, whatever. Evan it is. Peters, yeah, yeah. Evan Peters, Quicksilver, Quicksilver, yeah. yeah. The guy in the office for those that don't know, Michael Scott's cousin or nephew, whatever he is. Um, Nerd, yeah. Um, but I watched the actual like Confessions of the Killer where they play the tapes and everything. Yeah, yeah. That's some fucking weird shit, man. I go down these weird rabbit holes with cults, and I, I can only do it so much and so often. But like, I, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, I can watch a lot of shit, like. Some of the most graphic, horrific things, special effects-wise, but stories like that, those are the ones that give me the heebie-jeebies. Like, I, 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 it really upsets me to watch stuff like that because, at least with, with like American Werewolf in London or Dracula or Human Centipede or whatever, like I can separate my mind from, well, it's a work of fiction. You know, like it doesn't matter. This is somebody's creativity brought to light. And I can sort of find enjoyment in that. Watching documentaries about serial killers and and then he carved up the bodies into forty eight pieces and fucked them all in their ear holes. And I'm like, I don't I don't need to know all yeah. that. That's that's the shit like it's too real. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. At least they, at least they don't go, and he's still on the loose at the <laughs> right. Like for me, I mean, I was born in '86. Like it, it was like this was going on, and like he got arrested in what, like '91. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it yeah, wasn't yeah. that long ago. Right, like, right, right, right. It feels long ago now that I think about it, but like, yeah, it wasn't that long ago for me at least. Like sure, it's in my lifetime, you right. know. Uh, even Ted Bundy and stuff, you know, it was a little bit before me and all the other stuff, but yeah. Well, and then Eileen Warnos and then yeah, the school shootings and then yada, yada. Yeah. Like, that's the... T- I, I can't watch that because yeah. it, it just... It makes it way too real. Like, I already recognize that I live in a scary as fuck world. Yeah. Like, I want to watch movies to escape from shit like that. 
Yeah, I, I get all that. It's, I just go down a weird rabbit hole sometimes as it becomes super interesting to me. Um, and I don't mean interesting in the, the sense of a lot of people do, where it's like, I'm fascinated with this person. Like, I don't know. It's just, I like to hear the story of like where they went wrong, and I like to see the progression of like them getting caught, mostly. I think. <laughs> okay. Because forensics, I mean, even like back in the 90s, if you look at forensics today and back then, you're like, oh, not a fucking chance. Right, and I didn't right. realize that, like, it exposed a lot of, I mean, surprise, surprise, but, like, it exposed a lot of racism and stuff in the police force that was going on in Milwaukee at the time. Of There was a kid that literally escaped from Dahmer after he had a graphic warning for everybody. He had a, a hole drilled in his head and yeah. poured acid into him. He escapes, and then these two young uh, black ladies were out there, like, two young women were like, do not let this, talking to the police officers, do not let this guy go back with him. Right, right. And because... And Dahmer shows up and he's like, like, oh, no. he's my boyfriend, he's my lover. And they right. just release him back to him. And a lot of that has to do with the homophobia of the... of the. I mean, this was in the midst of the, the AIDS scare, and so people were so... They didn't Hands want... off with, with gay people in terms of like, well, I don't want anything to do with any of this. Yeah. And... But the problem is, is like all the recordings of them later on Dispatch were like, oh... And the, uh, the Asian boy, we, we sent him back to his lover. We're going to go back to the, the station and de-louse ourselves and this and that and the third. Yeah. And it was like, ugh, not a good look, man. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, I'm glad that that doesn't exist anymore in the police yeah, force. Yeah, seriously. But, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying anything good came out. It's not, don't walk away saying that. But it was interesting in the way that, like, it kind of opens up some things and it kind of paints a, a bigger picture. And you get to hear some stuff, like, it's the actual conversations that yeah. somebody had. Yeah. And it's like him actually speaking. The only part that does suck that I don't like about this, and people talk about this with like Ted Bundy and stuff, where they're like, oh, he was so cunning and clever. And it's like, no, he tricked women. Like, right. That's not, right. he pretended to have his arm in a sling and then knocked somebody unconscious. Like, that's not like I'm some cunning, clever, like debonair, like super I mean, spy bullshit. Like, yeah, it's like he's not some super spy, like fucking seducing women with his pure, like, mind games and he's some, like, it's not like that, you know? He's fucking, he was tricking these people. And yeah. like, playing victim and shit like that. And it's like, whatever, man. And so I feel bad for the victims because people sit there and they hold these guys in esteem and like, these guys are getting documentaries about them and shit like that. And like, really, they try to at the end of the Dahmer one I was watching. Like, I want to just give a shout out his first victim, Stephen Hicks. Like, we should remember that guy far yes. more than we should give any credit to these fucking assholes. I, I but yet, agree. They're the fascinating part. They're what hooks you in. So it's like, oh sure, it's 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 in a weird way. It's all it's almost about the fascination of the body count and like the gory details and and in, in a really weird, it kind of in a weird sick way that like to me is almost more disgusting than watching just gory violence on, on the silver screen. Like you can depict gory violence and it's at that point, at at a certain point it becomes art. Like it's somebody dedicated their craft to make it so violent and so disgusting and so disturbing as opposed to just finding out the minutia of details and exactly how many times they were stabbed and yeah, oh I gotta look at the crime scene photos and I gotta look at the yeah. witness testimonies like th- there's a weird fascination I, I and I get that in a weird way but like I think for me what the appeal is is I like the cat and mouse of it 
and that's sure. just unfortunately it's a real story. You know what I mean? But right. like it's fat. I love a good whodunit, and unfortunately they tell you in the title who's doing it, <laughs> who did do it historically. But I like the I didn't know the story of how the dude got caught or anything like that. So I feel bad for the victims again because like <clears throat> you know these people were real people, but. Right. It's like, man, it's fucking interesting. I like the cat and mouse. Like, when are they going to catch this motherfucker? And you hear the ways that the police drop the ball and, like, how lazy they get by the end of it. And they're just like, you know, Gacy was just like, I don't got no more room. Uh, like, 40 bodies in the crawl space. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Literally, Ted Bundy was like, do you know who I am? And they were like, no. He's like, I'm Ted Bundy. You're looking for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I don't know. That part is kind of interesting to me. But, um. So enough of that. One more that I did see recently, and I talked to Michael a little bit about this. I went back and rewatched Silence of the Lambs. Holy shit. What a great movie. An incredible movie. And I'm going to say... The pacing on that movie is impeccable. It is. They, they reveal exactly as much as you need to know to get you to the next point. You know what I mean? Like, And, and it sounds like... Cat and mouse. We it it sounds very like film 101, but they do it expertly. Expertly, yeah. No, um, yeah, that movie is is incredible, man. And mm-hmm. if it actually made me appreciate the fact that when we did our Mad Villainy bracket, mm-hmm. go back and listen, uh, as we were doing the comic books, it'd say uh, like where Stan Lee would be like back in episode whatever. Picture one of those. Thanks, true believers. Thanks, true believers. Um, shout out to Stan Lee. But um, yeah, when we did the Mad Villainy bracket, spoiler alert! If you haven't spoilers. listened to it, spoilers. Go listen to it now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He ended up winning the entire bracket. Um, right. Out of 64 villains, um, he was a number one seed, but he ended up winning it. I have no qualms about that at all. And Not the fact at all. that it came down to him and Vader is like, it shows somewhat that we kind of knew what we were doing a little bit. But I, I don't mind the fact that he won it. Like, I, again, like we were talking about somebody saying, oh, that's my favorite movie ever. You can look at both of them, Darth Vader or Hannibal Lecter, and you can see how somebody got to those two sure, being in the championship. Sure, It may not have been your final choice, but I guarantee you he's probably somewhere in your top five, which is at least, it it, it gains a little bit of legitimacy. If, if Hannibal Lecter is in everybody's top five of major, major vi- you know, movie villains, then you could arguably make the point that he's probably the greatest movie villain ever. Yeah, and it's one of those things also where I know a lot of times like you'll hear these lists of people that are like, oh, top 100 this of all time. And it's like, because it's critically acclaimed, it just keeps making the list mm-hmm. over and over and over. And it's like, to me, it's a dog shit record or whatever, or whatever, movies or anything like that. I legitimately am still frightened by Hannibal Lecter. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just like, oh shit, I'm supposed to like him because I'm told to like him. No, you know? no, no, like, no, no. No, he's legit fucking scary. And if you don't think so, like... I would challenge you to go back and and try to watch it as close as you can with the same eye that you watched it the very first time that you saw that movie right. or read the book. Right. Like right. the very first time, because it was when he stood up in the freak and that as they're piecing it together and the one uh, security guard that was guarding him in yep. um, outside of Baltimore fell from the elevator, and they're like, "Oh, it's not him!" And then you see him stand up and he peels Peel. his face off. Yeah. Your jaw was on the fucking right. floor. Like that was. But- Incredible. But even before that, the the manner with which he seduced the guards to give him the keys and and lured them in so that he could mutilate them and take their face, like it was it it's it's the workings of a mastermind. Yeah. And and that's what's really scary about Hannibal Lecter is he is 
constantly playing the long game. Like, yep. you don't know if the thing that he said to you is really what he believes or if he just fed you that piece of information in order to get you what he wanted so you could lead him down to the thing that he really, truly wanted. Yep. The guy is a genius-level mastermind and is willing to play the long con. And that's a really scary, dangerous combination. And he also, for whatever reason, fucks with Clarice. Like, in a, in a good way. Like, not, oh, fucking with her mind. Yeah, he does, but, like, kind of has a weird thing with her. Like, the, the first scene where she's, like, what's his name? The, um, he played Stick in, um, Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn's character sends Clarice. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The, whatever the, the FBI director, yeah. I can't think of his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Scott Glenn's character. He sends, um, Clarice there and, uh, to the asylum in Baltimore. And, uh, uh, he's like, oh, whoever his name is, sent me a rookie, eh? And he starts fucking with her and she just kind of shuts it down. He literally, like, you can see him light up a little bit, like, ooh, you sent me a new little, like, a little Ricky little to play, play with. toy, right. Yeah, and she kind of holds her own and, like, kind of gives it back to him a little bit, and it's weird, builds this weird rapport that you kind of have a respect for him in a weird way. Sure, And sure. for her. And uh, the fact that she, and Buffalo Bill's just a great villain as well, but, like, again, I say... Terrifying. Our, uh, terrifying. The whole fucking movie. So I go back to say, like, we, we take a lot of it for granted because it's so in like the ether of like pop culture and like oh you know the silence right. of the rant that you kind of, it's kind of like the shining you see the blood you're like even if you've never seen the shining you know that oh that's from the the shining when elevator doors open you see the blood so we take a lot of it for granted because it's been out since what 91 i think something like yeah 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 so don't like, quote us on that i think i'm right but yeah um but yeah, like so we take a lot of it for granted, but like, man, go back and watch it like you would almost for the first time. And right. and if you fool yourself into it again, I guarantee you'll be like, This is a fucking terrifying film. I, I, I would agree with that. I think the the main problem with watching that movie in a contemporary setting is that it's so ingrained into the the the, the genre or or so ingrained into the movie culture that we all sort of know the tropes, we all sort of know all the beats, right. you know? Like, the, the movie doesn't really have a lot of surprise now because it is so good that it got parodied to death right. and brought up, you know, time and time and time again, you know, like, Seven is basically just a, 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 a weird twist on that tale. Yeah. Or, yeah. or um, even, even to a lesser degree, Saw or something like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, that was a movie that changed the genre so inherently that everything else after that is going to be based on it. So, you almost have to watch it with fresh eyes and go, let me imagine that every movie I've ever seen since that point didn't exist. How does this change it? Yeah. You know? Uh, it, and it's really, it, it's brilliant. It's uh, uh, Jonathan Demme and... Um, Who's the director? Was it Jonathan Demme? I think so. I should have Googled that beforehand. But yeah. no, anyway, we're going to uh, say Jonathan Demme and you can I just send I think in your you're corrections. Right, I think you're right, though. Send in your, your corrections to what you've been watching podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> at we'll get around to this soon.com. Um, <laughs> Hashtag yeah. care of Marcus. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, but no, it's also, and I know it's played out, but like, just obviously, we all know it, but like, Anthony Hopkins' performance is so yeah. brilliant. If you've never noticed it before, Initially, just watch for him blinking and watch yeah. for how few times it really right. is. Right. And when the first time you see him blink is, there's a certain line that he says and an action that happens, and it's almost like he can reset. And it's 
kind of fucking cool to watch. Yeah. If you go just watch it for that again, you're like, holy shit. Anthony Hopkins really did knock this out of the fucking park. Like, his breathing cadences and all that stuff. Like, it's... Oh, he's a, he's a total actor. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... it's Again, it, it's a masterwork of someone who really understands the craft. Yeah. And then it builds to the, to the finale with... She's in the house with Buffalo Bill, and he's looking through the, the night vision goggles, and there's this whole tension of, of all she has to do is just turn around and fire the gun, but she doesn't know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's literally someone, there's someone in the house, and they're coming for you. And the fear on Jodie Foster's face in that scene is so brilliant. Like She's literally like just pitch black. You can see her stumbling mm-hmm. and shaking as Buffalo Bill's just watching. It is fucking terrifying, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, great movie. Incredible movie, I would say. Um, that movie, I would rate it a whole bag of fava beans. I'm going to give it uh, six girls in a well. <laughs> <laughs> One bucket and bone. <laughs> um, Put your dog in the goddamn basket, mister. Yeah, she a big old fat person. <laughs> funny story, funny story. This is a, a quick tangent. I'll try to make it quickly as I can. Um, Seth Green, uh, who voices Chris on Family Guy, mm-hmm. Came to that voice because, as you all know, he's like writes skits and is a very silly guy. He's in charge of Robot Chicken. He had a sketch where it was Buffalo Bill working the drive-through box, and he's uh, like drive around and da 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 da. And that became Chris's voice. And so, really, yeah, that's where like he tells the story on a on a, a podcast. He was talking. About. That's an interesting origin. Story. Yeah, but he that's was awesome. that's the, the voice of Chris. Is like I said, it was Seth Green in a fictitious sketch being Buffalo Bill working a drive-through window. So, yeah. Even more that it gave us. Six cheeseburgers. Are you a big old fat person? Yeah. yeah you get it. You're right. It's actually a pretty funny yeah, bit. It kind of writes itself a little bit. It's a yeah. pretty fucking funny bit. But um, anyways, uh, to pivot off that. Uh, anyways, doggy style. Yeah, I know. Uh, one more thing. We just got to touch on it and then we'll get into. Um, th- oh, no. We'll save that for the end. Um, I want to ask you, what are some of your five uh Favorite spooky time, Halloween time movies that don't necessarily have to be horror movies, but... Now, are we talking movies that are specific to Halloween, or just movies that get me in the Halloween spirit? The latter. The, the latter. latter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No necessarily have to be Halloween movies, but... Uh, well, first off, I would have so to... Like, first off, Halloween 1, then Halloween <laughs> 2, then 3 through 5. Right, right, right. Uh... I would, I would say Alien is probably one of my favorite horror movies, hands down. Um, yeah. It's so well shot and so claustrophobic. And then, I mean, you get the special effects of... Um, was that Stan Winston that did? I don't know. We talked about it. Yeah, we I, it. maybe. Anyway, uh, anyway, it's it's one of the famous three. It's either, yeah. you know... I think it is Stan Winston. Uh, but it, essentially, the whole movie is... There's someone in the house, yeah. but it's set in space. Yeah. And, I mean, you get a, a, a great female protagonist in Ellen Ripley. She is one of the, the most... greatest. She is one of the most badass science fiction broads ever. Just, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's horrifying and so well shot, and, and the tension is constantly ramping up to, like, a fever pitch. So that by the time she has the the final showdown in the escape shuttle with the with the alien, I mean it's it's just you're you're going out of your mind in terms of of 
really understanding what these aliens are capable of and, and, and just the horror of this unstoppable force that even if I kill it, it's going to bleed acid on me or, or ruin my ship. So how do I like, there's nothing that happens in that movie that doesn't pay off later. And yeah. that's, that's really ultimately what you want in a horror story is constant building of the stakes. I'm with that. Yeah. So alien, that's a, I would say it's a pretty apt description. Yeah. Uh, and why you like it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, let's see. Next would probably be... Well, hang on. Let me, let me rephrase this. What are five movies that you like that are not named Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> let me rephrase this. Well, that. let me just go ahead and cross that one, one off. off. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just cross that one off. There you go. Uh, and we kind of already talked about this one, Silence of the Lambs, so I'm going to say that that's a gimme. Yep. Um, yep. Fucking... Uh, Scream. Is another really? great one. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a good one. I, I, I think that um, it's a really great reimagining of the genre. It, it plays on all the old familiar tropes. I mean, literally, there's. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie uh, Kennedy yeah, yeah. <clears throat> explains the rules of being in a horror movie, and then all of those things come to pass. Yeah. And, and when, you, when you have the brilliance. Uh, it, of somebody like Wes Craven, who's been in the in the business and in the genre for so long. I mean, literally wrote the tropes that he later made fun of. Yeah, it, it's it's a really great comedic movie, especially if you know your your movie trivia, your movie history, and sort of how we got to that movie. It works on so many levels. It just it even on even on the meta level. It uh, it brings new experience and, and and new ideas to to something that had been so weighted down by the tropes and the the, the familiar cliches and the the you know the the, the old familiar beats. Yeah. You know. I mean, he kind of gets the right to make fun of it too. So yeah. Again, because he built the genre. So yeah, I agree. I didn't know you were in a screen like that though. But yeah, no, it's a good choice though. I really one of my unsung heroes of that one. Uh, Then I'm gonna go into The Exorcist just because I love a good classic, really well shot, slow paced horror movie. Um, As good as that movie is, nothing really happens until maybe the last. 30 to 40 minutes. I mean, that's really when the exorcism itself takes over and, you know, your mother sucks cocks in hells and in Domini Patris, it fili expedito sante and, you know, all that good stuff. Like, that, that's literally the last 40 minutes of the movie. But they spend all that time building to it so that by the time you reach it, the payoff is so good. It's a good third act. Good, good third act, yeah. yeah it's a good yeah, third yeah. act, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but again, like it's not that it's not like they just throw it in at the last third act. Like they actually spend time building it up and researching and understanding that, like, okay, it's not a mental condition, it's not a it's not a, a behavioral problem, it's not solved by ADD or Ritalin or psychosis or whatever. So that by the time her head is spinning around and she's vomiting pea soup. You're fully convinced that oh, this is absolutely 100% a demonic possession, right? Yeah, <clears throat> gotta watch that one. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, have you not seen that one? Nah, it's, oh, it's been so good. I would say I have, but it's been so many years, I don't remember shit about it. I watched it way too early in my life. I'll put it like that. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, let's see, what else do I got? Uh, Army of Darkness. Okay, this is five? I think that's four, because I'm... Oh, you didn't count Silence of the Lambs. Okay, so right, okay. So I'm kind of cheating on... Yeah, you're good. Yeah. That's what we do here. Yeah. Army of Darkness... I just I love a good goofy B movie, yeah, and and I think that Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are absolutely at at, at the top of their game in this movie. Um, it's great special effects, you know, great in terms of great bad special effects, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just it's goofy campy romp through horror comedy. It, why not? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good one. I mean, it's an all time classic. Very quotable, you know. Yeah, it's been. My friend Drew was a big fan of those, and so we watched them a lot at his house uh, way back in the day. But I think everyone kind of had that friend in high school that was like, "Oh, we're gonna watch Army of Darkness and right. Evil Dead and all that." So right. So he was kind of that guy. It, it, it is one of those. It, it's such a cult movie that eventually you have to encounter it. Yeah, it's like Rocky Horror. Like or right, right. I'm not right. a Rocky Horror guy, but some people or or love Akira yeah. or or. Grease or right. whatever, whatever you know, like list list your 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 cult classics. Right. Um, no, that's a good choice though, man. Uh, anything else? I think that was four. Uh, and then I have oh, and this will kind of tie in with something I want to talk about earlier. The Thing. We've talked about this one. John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, we've talked about this is, one on the podcast before, but go ahead. Is a brilliant slow burn of a movie all about mistrust and not understanding who is on your side and deception and infection and it's it's got great real life visual effects there's there's almost i want to say there's only one or two shots that were computer generated um for the most part it's all practical effects um Still very gory and mind trippy, um, yeah. John Carpenter's the thing. I, I I watch that probably about once a year, and I'm constantly engaged with it and impressed at how good it is in terms of. Again, you have to watch it with the eyes of I've never seen this movie right. before because once you know the twist and you know who's infected, like it sort of loses a little bit of that. But if you can. Fool yourself into 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 falling into the the emotion that you felt watching it for the first time and not knowing who to trust and and who's what and and what the actual twist was. It's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's on the list, man. It's another one. I guess me just shooting stuff down of things I haven't seen. <laughs> but, uh, again, I, we've talked about it before. I, I saw the remake like parts of it on TBS, and I was kind of I was in a. I wasn't really paying attention to it, but sure. it was kind of one of those things that was on. I'd watching it, but it was like, eh, commercial breaks kind of take you out of it. So, yeah, yeah, it is. It is one of those you do have to watch it from beginning to end and yeah. sort of stay in the same mindset of the progression of seeing the deterioration of trust within the the the, the tight knit community. You know, it's essentially it's a group of men who have been living at this Arctic base for the past, like, nine months or whatever, and so they all sort of have their own interpersonal relationships, and then seeing seeing the deterioration of that, and each one sort of turn on each other and the madness that that, that creates, it's great. Riveting. Riveting. Nice, nice. 
All right, yeah. Um, I think the other one I had, do you have a recommendation for something, something that's off the beaten path or something that you would recommend maybe? You can go anywhere with it, whatever you want. I, I mean, I know we've talked about it before, but uh, The Witch. Incredible movie. The, the, um, Just watched that recently. Really? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the other one I watched recently. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, good, the Witch. good. We've, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Again, it, it's a slow burn, but it, it, it really builds more on ambiance and the theater of 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 the action in terms of not not so many jump scares it's not people popping out and, and explicit gore it's just more of a feeling of uncomfortability and mm-hmm. not understanding exactly what the rules are is what the rules of the world are as they're happening but they sort of pay it off and, and let you know as you progress further down the rabbit hole that like, oh no, these are what the rules are and there are very serious consequences and we all lead to, boom, here we go. Yeah. No, it's a, it's my favorite type of movie uh, when it comes to the scary stuff mm-hmm. where it's just atmosphere. The yes. atmosphere gets me more than it. That's why I love the original Resident Evil like on GameCube and PlayStation. Like yeah, when they remade yeah, that yeah. Resident Evil on GameCube, it was so atmospheric. Silent Hill. Yeah, um, even Metroid Prime. It's not a scary game, but it's just it's atmospheric. It's like you're you're in it. There's right. a world to exploit. And it's like, oh, this is fucking frightening if right, I want right. to be. I'm alone. I'm alone on this planet ultimately, right, except right. for everything trying to kill me. And and you sort of discover how deep it goes and, and, and sort of the, the absolute terror of, of more conflicting entities being introduced as you progress, you know? But yeah. No, I was watching The Witch recently and I'm sitting there watching it and Angie's out doing her thing and Sawyer comes in and it's the scene where the, the old lady witch is like in the corner and like suckling the goat or whatever. Right, yeah, He's yeah. like, Marcus, you're watching some weird shit. <laughs> Why, what the hell I gotta watch? Gotta be weird, man. Like, also, you just came in at a bad time. Yeah, whatever. It's a great movie, though. It great. is. It is. Again, I've said it before. Robert Eggers is, is, is so good at building tone and building atmosphere. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was the one that I watched recently. But The Witch, yeah, if you haven't seen it, please do. Good recommendation. And quite frankly, Anna Taylor Joy is fantastic she's in it. Good in everything now, dude. I mean, she's hit that point where it's like, she's kind of the Daniel Day Lewis of her. Like, she can just drop. Hold in on now, like, don't be don't be dropping Danny Days. In there, <laughs> old Danny Days, old Danny Dollars. <laughs> oh, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. Oh, she's the Reginald Vell Johnson of her day. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, no, nah, she's really talented though. Um, all right, because I know you're gonna ask me. Um, I would say. I'm not allowed to name Bram Stoker's. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I know how you feel I would about assume, that. Yeah, yeah so. Well, that's why I said it. Other than your top five, you're, you're, I'm sorry, what's your top five other than Bram Stoker's Dracula? Okay, uh, fair enough. I figured that might happen. Because you knew I had it written down already. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, on the same vein, we were talking about The Witch. Um, There's a recent movie, and I've only seen it three times, but it's, it's not because... I don't want to watch it more is because I want it to keep its appeal and I will just burn things to the ground if I get my hands on it. Uh, Hereditary. Ari Aster film. I fucking love that movie. I love that movie. I love that movie. I love that movie, man. It is a very slow burn and um, it just pieces it together little by little mm-hmm. and just bad shit just keeps happening. Um, man. Um, that one gets me and it's just atmosphere, yeah. man. And it's like... And it's not like jump scares. There are jump scares, but every one of them is earned. That's, right. That's right, my thing. Right. 
that was my, my thing in like a lot of these movies now and I make the joke before it's like oh the, the protagonist is wiping away steam on the mirror right. and oh oh there's no spooky behind me and then she goes to close the mirror and then it's in frame all the time it's like get the fuck out of right. here right. and it's like even if it makes me jump I'm not scared like that was why to me The Ring was a garbage ass movie. A lot of people love oh, The really? Ring. Yeah, I was like, what part was scary? The caterpillar? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get what was scary. Like, oh, when she came out of the TV, I'm like, you knew it was coming. Like, right. they right. pitched the whole thing of like you watch the now, tape. Like, now, did you ever watch the Japanese version, no. Ringu? I'm not that cultured. Okay, okay, that one is is a, a prime example of atmosphere versus jump scares because yeah. although the the Sarah Michelle Geller uh, vehicle tries to capture the the, the original no nah, the ring was Naomi Watts was it Naomi Watts yeah no that the one Sarah Michelle that's a different one that's um Juwan no Juwan was the ring what was the Sarah Michelle Geller one pause while we google it do 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 well, I fucked that one up. <laughs> we're back from our pause from Google. Michael almost made the ill mistake of extending his hand to bet me on something. No, I was confused. Uh, she was in The Grudge. Right. And they came out around the same time. But no, um, yeah, The Ring, everyone's like, oh, it's so atmospheric. I'm like, I, that shit, it was boring as fuck to me. Like, the yeah. whole time, she's on, like, this investigative case of, like, what is it that's killing these people? And it's like, we as the audience know the whole time, like, it's the tape. Right. When you play the tape, it tells right. you when you play the tape, you die seven days later. Right. And it was like, well, why is it? Oh, I got the mystery of why the girl comes out. It's like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> And literally, there's a whole... That whole problem could be solved by just being like, well, crack that tape, throw yeah. it in the ocean, and now nobody can ever watch it again. Yeah. Like, like I... There is a certain point to where uh, Naomi Watts is convinced that the tape is killing people, and then she literally tries to hold on to the tape because it's evidence. And I'm like, no, just toss that away. Just yeah. get rid of it. Just yeah. And it was if you, you know, it's a it's a VHS. You know, if you run a powerful magnet over that, <laughs> yeah. it erases everything. everything. I'm about to go take me some Power Rangers now. <laughs> No, I know that was a little bit of a, uh, we were talking about hereditary, but yeah, we're talking about atmosphere. Yes, yes, yes. Again, a lot of people thought that like the ring or whatever was like atmosphere and it was never that way to me. So like a lot of movies that don't earn it, hereditary earns whatever jump scares comes your way. Sure. Like it's, and it's not like there's a scene, uh, uh, man, it's hard to say, but like there's a certain character that's just hovering in the corner all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And at that point you had never seen, and like all this really dark shit happens. Like this whole poor family's getting torn apart. And um, it's kind of tough to watch, man. Uh -huh. uh, let me see. Who is it? What's her name? Um, God, what's the actress's name? Uh, 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 Annette uh, Coltrane. Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Yeah, thank you. No, not Annette Benning. <laughs> no, you're close, actually. What's the cast? Uh, golly, it's Tony Collette. Golly, Tony Collette. That's yeah. it. She's incredible. So close. Yeah. No, not, I knew it wasn't Annette Benning. So so. No, Tony Collette is really good in that movie. And um, whoever the son is, I forget, not Dev Patel, but the other guy. <laughs> but, they don't all look the I same know, Marcus that sounded bad um, but no I mean, that movie gets me every time man. I only watched it three times because I don't want to ruin it for myself but hereditary strong mm -hmm. recommendation good. slow burn good. really good, good. Uh, same vein of Robert Eggers Ari Aster also did um, what was the one uh, Midsummer. yeah right Which we'll talk about right later on. but um, the other one I put Adam's family in there, but we talked about that, so I'll replace it with another one. 
Every time the Halloween season rolls around, I love to get me some Godzilla in and not like the go. modern Godzilla, like guy in a rubber suit, um, fighting aliens and this yeah, and that yeah, and the yeah. third. I love me some kaiju films. Yeah, the um, Toho films. Yeah. Yeah. So classic Godzilla always gets me there. Um, love those films. Watched them a lot as a kid, obviously. Um, Adam's Family, I mentioned. I'll tell you one that people sleep on, and it's Jack Frost. And I'm not talking about the Michael <laughs> like Keaton. You're going to say the Michael Keaton no, uh, family movie? No, that shit is garbage compared to this. <laughs> Google, Jack Frost horror movie. Movie rules, dude. Serial killer dies, inhabits a snowman, wreaks havoc on this little town, eventually gets defeated by antifreeze, melts away. <laughs> it, it's fucking rad, dude. That movie fucking rules. So. so it's basically a child's play, but snowman. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, cool. It's fucking rad, though. You can watch it between now and Christmas, so get it in while you can. Yeah. See, that would, that, that would also be one of my recommendations. It's like, just go find the, the worst-looking B-movie you can find of like the horror genre, especially if it's from the 80s or early 90s, and just go for it, because I guarantee you you're going to have a good time. It's yeah. either going to be so bad that you have to talk about it, or it's going to be so bad that it's awesome and you have to talk about it. That is, that is kind of the weird thing with horror is like, even if it's bad, like even if it's, because there's some of it just tries to be bad and it knows what it is. It's a campy slasher. Sure. Form. Like apparently the movie X that's out now is like incredible. Everyone's like, it's a porno slasher and it's great. Yeah. But we're going to bring you tits. We're going to bring you gore. We're going to bring you slasher. Yeah. We're good. Like, so it knows as long as you is. deliver on those things, I'm happy as fuck. But it, it works in a weird way because even the bad horror movies that like are trying to be good and scary mm. and it just end up not being good are still kind of fun in a weird way. Yeah. You're like, that was not scary. Right, like, right, right. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of a winning genre. That's why they kind of stood the test of time. So, um, I mean, it's, it, it's the same reason why Blockbuster was flooded with all of these like third-rate production companies. Like all they would do is either do like sexual dramas or they would do horror movies because it's very easy to get actresses to show their tits or get covered in blood. Yeah. And so that was that was their their uh, uh, modus operandi, you know? Like, let's just churn out as many of these as we can and eventually we're going to make money on one of them. Yeah, I mean, you work cheap, you work long. You know, that's what they say, you know? You keep working cheap. And come in on time. That was my dancing name. I know, right? (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, The other one I'll recommend, number four on my list, is kind of the same vein. Leprechaun in the Hood. (laughs) Those movies, after a certain point, I mean, it already jumps the shark in the first one. Sure. But by like three, four, like when you get to Leprechaun in space, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. It it just fucking rules, man. But yeah, Leprechaun in the Hood is a great movie. And you see uh, Warwick Davis rap at the end. It's like, left in the hood come to do no good. Left in the hood come to do no good. <laughs> and it brings the house down every time. I assure you of this. So four would be Leprechaun in the Hood. And five, um, I have watched this movie so many times with my daughter, Isabel, to be bus. Um, Bustopher. Yeah, Bustopher Jones. Uh, Scooby-Doo. The oh, James that's Gunn a great one. one. Yeah, James Gunn. Yeah, yeah. It is so good every time that... Uh, not just not just Matthew Lillard, but also uh, Freddie Prinze Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, uh, Claire Flor, not Claire Flor. Oh, uh, I was about to say, I'm looking at you. Uh, uh, Hawkeye's wife, Linda Carolini. Uh, Linda Carolini. Carolini. That's Carolini, it. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Man. 
Yeah, no, she's awesome and everything. The whole cast is really good, man. Yeah. And, um, but every time Shag and Scooby get into the fart battle, <laughs> my daughter just loses her shit. So, um, Are you challenging me? Yeah. I can go all day, bud. The one I would recommend to somebody that's looking for a really fun romp that's surprisingly a good movie, though, in uh, terms of recommendation, there is a movie out there called Ready or Not. And it is a really... Is it based on the Fuji song? No, I wish. No, no. <laughs> no actually, I don't wish. But um, I'll read you the thing. It's um, Here's just the synopsis. Grace couldn't be happier after she marries the man of her dreams at his family's luxurious estate. There's just one catch. She must now hide from midnight until dawn while her new in-laws hunt her down with guns, crossbows, and other weapons. Oh, As Grace desperately tries to survive the night, she soon finds a way to turn the tables on her not-so-lovable relatives. So it's like hide-and-seek, but like murder. Yeah, it's ready or not. Um, they're the, Got it. Yeah, they're the uh, the heirs of a board game for like Mattel or oh, Hasbro, whatever it is. Okay. And so the tradition of everyone's... And there's a weird twist in it that happens. And the ending of that movie is so fucking satisfying because it just jumps the shark at the very last minute and then it's really? just like, and we're out. And it's fucking great. Cool. Yeah. Okay. If you okay. haven't seen it, Samara Weaving, uh, she's the lead in it. And it's a really, really, really fun movie. So Ready or Not would be my recommendation if you're looking for one this holiday season or next holiday season. Or just feel like watching something. <laughs> How many counts would you give it? I will give it a count of ten, nine, eight, seven. Ah, 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 there ah. we go. There's our um, Transylvanian pen. <laughs> All right, the last thing I want to talk to you about before we get out of here. Um, have you seen the new Ant-Man trailer? I have. What you think about that, son? Eh, really? Eh, eh, I mean, oh, get out my, of here my only problem with it is... They don't really reveal a whole lot. Like, I, I don't really... Well, but it, in, in the sense that, like, I have no idea what the plot is about. Quantumania. Like, sure. Like, I see that they get sucked into the quantum universe. It's almost like uh, Cool World or something like that. Or, or yeah, It's like Cool World? Yeah, yeah. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where the noise... <laughs> with noise in it? Cartoon? Doodles and noids do not have sex. I want to remind you of this. You think that's what this is? I no, but but I mean it's it's the same plot line in terms of like person in the real world gets sucked into fantasy world and now they have to it's or or like what was the Martin Lawrence uh Black Knight where he got sucked into Camelot or 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 these Keep going with how you're describing this movie, because this is bringing me great joy. I've gotten Cool World in the Martin Lawrence vehicle Black Knight. I'm just saying, like, I can already see where all the tropes are going. I, I, other than that, I don't know anything about the movie. I don't know of any reason to watch it. They're, it doesn't seem like they're connecting it to any other Marvel franchise, whatever. Wait, what? I... They, yeah, just it no. has Kang the Conqueror in it, and you're saying they're not going to connect it to anything. But they haven't shown why Kang the Conqueror is. In fact, they don't even address him as Kang the Conqueror in the Michael. Let's in the in the in the trailer. Never once is there like I am Kang the Conqueror, and here's what I want. Boom! Like you can't they, reveal his motivations in the trailer. 
But you can because they did it with Avengers and Captain America and every other fucking Marvel movie before it. I think you need to watch this trailer again because obviously the bargain is you help me escape and I help you escape. That's what I think it's going to be. He needs out of this. And obviously Michelle uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, knows Michelle Pfeiffer's? She's in it, yeah. She obviously knows that Kang exists and she's like, oh, that's why she was freaking out about the beacon. So, I mean, Kang the Conqueror is down in the micro. He was sealed away. I mean... And he's going to fucking hit him with the okey-doke and release himself. <laughs> the old bait and switch and trap one other bitch-ass down there again. And he's going to go It's going to be Michelle Pfeiffer's or yeah. Michael Douglas. going to sacrifice himself. They can't, they can't afford to keep them on. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. But no, I mean, I, I disagree. I saw the trailer. I was like, fucking take my money and now. I'm still more excited about Black Panther Wakanda Forever than I am. I mean... The two aren't mutually exclusive. You're going to see them both. I am going to see them both. It's not like you have 100 points of excitement and you have to decide which one gets which. You can be excited. You get 60% excitement. You get 35. Yeah. And five. The rest I leave to myself. Five is for that ready or not movie you just recommended. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I I disagree. I saw Kang the Conqueror. And granted, I'm a a fanboy for this shit, but man, I'm so in, dude. It's it's fucking Paul Rudd being silly. It's going to be rad, dude. And uh, I don't know, man. I just saw Kang the Conqueror, and I'm all for it, man. And I think I think part of the, the way that Marvel's been struggling recently, personally, is everyone's like, we're still kind of caught up in Thanos. And everyone's like, sure. oh, Thanos was the big bad. I'm like, he was really only in two movies. Like, right, right. I mean, right, he right. was he had appearances and other stuff. He was sure, really sure. only in two movies. But again, it was them building anticipation, building expectations. And when did they reveal Loki? At the end of phase one, right? Yeah. In Avengers, that wrapped up Phase 1. They're yeah. introducing Kang the Conqueror and what is the new, that's the post-Infinity Saga, right after. So this is Phase 5. So he, I think, this is my opinion, is the Loki of this upcoming next three phases. Like the... the, the How big, Loki the, led... The big bad that's going to be constant through the rest of the, of the, of the series. No, no, no. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Loki led to Thanos. Sure. I believe Kang leads to Doom. Oh. That's my thoughts. You're talking about Dr. Victor Vaughn. Dr. Victor Vaughn himself. That's okay. my thought. And even then, Kang the Conqueror is a bad motherfucker. So. Right, 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 right. And they, they do... Everyone like compares him to Dr. Doom. We're like... He's weird because he's a major threat in the comic books. Sure. Like if he shows up, like a Jonathan Majors. Threat? Oh shit! I burped when that happened. <laughs> that was so good. Which, by the way, you see the Creed three trailer? Yes. That motherfucker is yoked. Yes. Holy hell! I am so excited for this. Like I and and it's directed by Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, like take my I, money. I I absolutely want to see what he can do. This is him taking control of his career and being like, oh, I could just do Rocky movies for the rest of my life. And it's like, I mean... I'm sorry, Creed movies the rest yeah, of the Yeah, same thing. But no, it's fine. I mean, just to, before we get back to Ant-Man, but like, he's taken the tropes, and like, everyone's like, oh, it looks formulaic. All the sure. Rocky movies at a certain point yep. were for, He's like, the tropes work. You don't have to fucking... Is Rocky going to beat this new opponent? Let's find Let's out. Let's find out. Like, oh, that's tougher opponent this time than it was last right. time. This right. one's more personal than the last time. Like, right. fuck right. it, man. Right. Keep that right. shit right. coming. Right. I love this franchise, but... Yeah, Jonathan Majors, he plays Kang. That's where that, uh, I know that was kind of a free thought for all, for all of you out there that don't know how we got to that. Follow along. Keep up. Jonathan Majors plays Kang. He was also in the Creed 3 trailer and looks yoked. But, um, 
Dude, I don't know. I, I saw this trailer. I was so fucking excited for it, though, man. I think it, all the symbolism of the rings and, like, they talked about at the end of Shang-Chi, like, these rings are calling to someone far out there. Mm-hmm. And I, the ring, the, the gauntlet in um, uh, Miss Marvel, the mm-hmm. amulet or whatever, mm-hmm. the bangle or whatever, I think it's all coming together, man. So when you said, I don't think it ties into anything else, I'm like... No, no, no. I, I just mean based on the trailer... Like, me personally, I see where it's going. But based on the trailer, they didn't give me any indication of why this is important. It just seems to be people out of space, out of time, which is okay. But if you're going to lay the ground for Kang, you need to start doing it now. They have, and, though. In, in, the, in the Disney Plus series... But most people don't watch that. I, I have faith in them. They do. They have a lot of... Listen, Kevin Feige has a lot of wiggle room with me. Yeah. I, I trust him. I'm just saying, based on on the trailer, I don't... There, there's not a lot of appeal other than like, oh, you have to have known everything else that's going around in the Marvel Universe to understand what's going on in this movie. And if you haven't been, then there's not really a lot of appeal to that. Let's be real here, though. How many people, and I'm not, I understand that there are children, yes, that this might be their first one. Mm-hmm. For the most part now, everyone's pretty hip to the Marvel game. Everyone follows enough. Sure. I will say this, though, I'm kind of glad that, I hope they don't reveal anymore. I'm kind of, I'm trying to stay away from trailers and stuff. It's, it's so hard because now they're just on everywhere you go. If you're on, like, the internet, it'll be like, oh, coming soon. While you're watching a YouTube video, you're like, oh, shit, well, right, right, right. just watch the Black Panther trailer. <laughs> like for example in, in Hulk or um, sorry Thor Ragnarok if they would have never actually shown the Hulk yes like if they just would have yes. hinted at the doors banging and you see the green smoke you'd have been like that's the Hulk like it's gotta be it's gotta be sure but they never actually showed him right and you didn't get the yes he's a friend from work like how fucking that theater would have exploded like it did for when Captain America picked up Mjolnir yeah like if you would have not known that Kang was in this movie because unfortunately they the casting got out and they're like, oh, Jonathan Majors plays Kang. Sure. And obviously I think they did it also because they're like, we're gonna reveal a version of him in Loki. But like, if you would have never known that, man, that shit would have blown the roof off the joint, man. And and agreed. And so I and, and I think that they're saving something else of like, hey man, we're really gearing up because Kevin Feige. Just so you think that they're said, showing, they're showing the cards. That they have so that they, they, they can keep the ones that they aren't showing close to the vest kind of thing. I think so. Because okay. Kevin Feige said... We're, I hope so. I really do. Yeah, he said we're not that far away from like the, the big bad revealing himself. And it very well may be Kang. They may, may very well may be saving Doctor Doom for even further down the road. For Mephisto or, Which, or whatever. Allegedly, I've heard rumors of Mephisto's casting, but... I did too. Yeah, yeah. and Agatha. So, so can we just talk about yeah, it? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so apparently, uh, Harry Dean Stanton, no, sorry, Jeffrey Dean Morgan (laughs) (laughs) is going to play Mephisto. I'm cool with that. Sure. About time. I mean, if you're going to pick somebody to play the devil, it was either going to be him or Sasha Baron Cohen, quite frankly. (laughs) Sasha Baron Cohen would have been dope though. Let's be really clear here. Especially like Tim Curry all made up like a la legend or something like that or, or, uh, uh. God, what else? Uh, like Tales from the Crypt or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it'd have been rad. But whatever. We got Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Sure. Negan himself. So. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, so, I'm excited about that movie, man. I just want to talk about the trailer with you because we haven't done it yet. It's no, like, I know. Yeah, yeah. true what you've been watching moment. <laughs>
Well, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for us here at the What You've Been Watching podcast. We thank you for joining us for this very spooky spectacular. The spooktacular. Uh, yeah, um, as always, go watch a movie. And talk about it with somebody that you love. Later on. Deuces. Bye.